Hey everybody, it's your Dutch friend Jan and you are listening to episode number 78 of the Langpreneur podcast. I'm talking to you live from the Langpreneur headquarters here in Belgium and I'm super excited because we have an exciting guest on the show. His name is um, Luca Sudarni. He's the founder of a language learning app called Mozalingua. And they have been, um, they, they started, they have been doing this for about 11 years and they're still going strong. Um, some of the things that we're going to talk about today is, uh, well, of course, you're going to learn about Luca's background and how he went about starting the app, how they grew the app because they have about 11 million users nowadays. nowadays. Um, you know, should you focus on organic growth? Or should you go for paid ads? We're going to talk about different growth strategies for, well, language learning apps, but it could really work for any kind of online language business. Now, Luca and his uh, his co-founder never raised venture capital and have been growing slowly, slowly but strongly. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some of the advantages that you can have um, when growing slowly so if you have the feeling that you're not growing fast enough well there are actually some advantages <laughs> and you're going to learn more about those advantages today in this interview um, how much time should you focus on new platforms like tiktok twitch um, and selling kindle books on amazon although that's not new anymore um, how much because it's always good to try out different platforms and see if you can get traction right how much time and attention should you give to those new upcoming platforms those are all topics that we're going to talk about today on the show if you have ever thought about building or launching your own language app or just an app in general you're going to love this episode but even if you're just a normal langpreneur um, there's still many business lessons that we can learn from this interview so i hope you're gonna enjoy it and now let's get started here's my interview with luca This is the Langpreneur podcast where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey Luca, welcome to the Langpreneur podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do. Hi, Jan. So thank you for having me here. Uh, so uh, my name is uh, Luca, of course, and I'm from Italy, but I live in France and I'm the, the co-founder of uh, Mosalingua, which is a company developing and creating apps for learning languages and also online courses uh, also also with the same, uh, the same goal, the same goal, helping people learn languages. Yeah, tell us a bit about how you how you got started. When was it, and um, do you have a background in languages, or tell us a bit? Yeah, about sure. That. So it was it was eleven years ago, uh, so a lot of time actually. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't have a background in languages, so I studied web marketing. So I graduated in web marketing, but you know, um, I think that it's one of our. Um, uh, how to say uh, peculiarities. So something that really 
makes a difference because when we started, it was always from the point of view of the learner. You know, mm -hmm. so I'm above all, I'm a language learner mm -hmm. because I, I learned English uh, at school well, as many people. And, you know, in uh, well, you are from the Netherlands and uh, so you're famous because you're, you're I mean, you have a good reputation in terms of uh, <laughs> teaching English and learning English. So I... I know that, you know, people from the Netherlands uh, uh, do not have problems about that. But in Latin countries like Italy, Spain and France, you know, the I think the, the method we use to teach languages at school is not very effective. So I was very frustrated and, you know, it was a kind of dream of, uh, to, to speak English properly and express my thoughts in this uh, very important language. So mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning, it was a lot of frustration, a lot of issues. And then... At uh, some point, I decided that I had to to change, and I had to 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 try another approach. Yeah. So I, I I actually I got this opportunity to study for one year in France, mm -hmm. and so I had to to uh, to teach myself. I had to teach myself uh, French, and I had like five months so it was like so I you know I got the opportunity I took it and I said okay now it's time to uh, to teach myself this language but I want to do something differently and well you know it was uh, some time ago so you we we didn't have um, all these platforms to speak with uh, other native speakers yeah. the tutors uh, no apps so it was like the the old way the old-fashioned way so I know that you started more more or less in the same period so you you I think that you also use textbooks and uh, mm -hmm. uh, audio CDs and also you know on the internet you had some stuff but it was really you had to find the right resources yeah. so for, for example in my case, uh, I was checking for, I was looking for uh, French channels. So the first one was TV Saint Monde. Yeah. Uh, and I started to, you know, to, to actually enjoy the process because I was using multimedia resources. I was uh, like, uh, I discovered the space repetition system. So I was uh, like learning vocabulary in a more effective way. Mm -hmm. And uh yeah, after five months, I uh, I went to France and yeah, I was so for me to I I was able to to understand and to actually speak. Of course, at the beginning it was a little bit hard to speak, but I realized that yes, it was possible to learn a language and to uh, you know to study in a more efficient way. Mm -hmm. And this really opened the door to everything because I said, okay, so it's really fun. And uh, so I, I, I said, okay, now it's time to improve my English. So then English and then, you know, I, I actually enjoyed the process. So what, it was, what was a real frustration, a problem, something that I really disliked uh, turned into a passion, a passion of mine. So now, uh, actually, I, I really like uh, learning languages. So I, I learned Spanish, Portuguese, Romanian, and so on. Uh, and at some point, I said, okay, but, but it's really, it's it's amazing. So many people are struggling with uh, languages. And I know so many people, for example, in Italy and France, who are struggling to learn English, at least. And uh, so I have, I really have to to share this knowledge and this experience. And uh, you know, sometimes uh, uh, life is, uh, is uh, 
Yeah, it's wonderful in terms of coincidences and uh, in, uh, of meetings because I um, uh, I met this person, so my business partner, yeah. and uh, he got this, uh, this idea of creating an app. So it was really the beginning of mobile apps. Yeah. And uh, it was a real... A real um, yeah, a real match because, you know, he was like the engineer, the mm -hmm. mobile developer. I was the marketing guy also with this strong passion for languages. So he was more, I need languages, but I was more, I really like learning languages. So everything, uh, everything matched and we decided to, you know, to fund the company. And uh, uh, yeah, it was a, a good idea because we are here 11 uh, years ago, uh, um, after 11 years and uh, it's uh, working pretty well. And also more most importantly we are really enjoying what you are doing and we really believe in our mission of uh, of sharing um this passion for languages and also uh, a way of uh, of learning languages in a more efficient way yeah well yeah it has been a long journey i mean 11 years already that most companies don't make it <laughs> after, after the first years, decade yeah. after three years yeah so yeah well um Tell us a bit. So you decided to partner up and to develop this app together. What was the, like, how long did it take until you had a MVP and until you had the first version that you know that that could go live in the uh, in the app store? Yeah. So we we started with the first version of the app. So um, uh, I think it took one year. One year. To, to develop the app and uh, yeah at the beginning it was very well of course the app was uh, was very different from the app we have here but the basic features like the spaced repetition system the flashcards and so on were already there so like the main concept was there but of course the design and also all the improvements that we made uh, have been added uh, afterwards and we started with the uh, Apple Mm -hmm. uh, because it was the most promising, the most promising market, and so on, and and uh, yeah, so we started there. We started. It works. Uh, it it worked really well, and then uh, it was the first version to learn Spanish, and then we added uh, English, Italian, and so on, because we said that the the concept was uh, was strong, and the people really uh, really liked the app. Yeah. So that's why we decided to to do that. Yeah. So in that first year, I mean, your um, your business partner, he was the developer, right? So he was developing the app, uh, I assume. What what were you doing at the time? <laughs> yeah. So actually, you know, it was the it was working full time. Yeah. It was working full time on the app, but I have uh, from my side, I had uh, one job on the side. So oh, okay. like uh, it started like that, and then. Uh, you know, at the beginning, the the actually when we met, the 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 need uh, the the need was to prepare uh, the marketing yeah. and also you know to to be able to to take the app at the next level. Mm -hmm. uh, but already, you know, with some organic uh, organic growth and uh, it was already quite because you know you you didn't have all the competition you have now on the market. I don't remember yeah. the. The figures but it was like uh, thousands of apps and now it's like uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of apps so uh, yeah. it was really easy to get discovered yeah so is that how you uh, grew at the beginning because you know i remember i did also interviews with uh, with tobias dickmite from tandem and with uh, with zakri the founder of hello talk we had a few yeah. other 
um, app founders here on the podcast. And if I remember correctly, like they mainly managed to grow through the uh, the app store. Basically, they they ranked very high in, in the uh, in the app store. Is it also where most of your growth came from at the beginning? Yeah, at the very beginning, it was really organic growth. And uh, yeah, the main channel was uh, the app store because it was, uh, we started even before the apps you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, so it was, I don't want to say that it was easy at that time, but to, to give you an, an example, the fact of, of being one of, uh, we, we were quite soon in the, um, in the top part of the ranking. So we've been first and second in France, in Italy for, I think, six, seven years. Oh, really? So, and at the beginning, it, it was very easy to also to advertise with other channels because journalists were contacting us. So like mm -hmm. it was, oh, you're, you're creating an app to learn, to teach languages. How cool is that? And if now I call a journalist saying the same thing, they're saying, oh, another language apps. No, please. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to talk about you. So it's really the difference. And uh, yeah, it was cool back in the day. And now it's like, okay, everyone is doing that. Yeah. So for how long did the uh, the organic growth, for how long did that work? So actually, um, so the organic work, uh, the organic growth in, in the App Store, um, I think worked very well for five, six, seven years, mm -hmm. uh, something like that. But then we also um, um, decided to invest uh, in the organic growth uh on the web so yeah uh, i mean that we created a blog mm -hmm. blog uh, um, which talks about languages giving tips hacks and so on and uh yeah so it, it, it became our second channel quite soon because you know after six 12 months we we started to get some traction a lot of traffic also same thing. Uh, we started with French, so the blog was in French, and it was really zero competition. So, like, yeah. if you people, French people who were looking for for uh, how to learn French, uh, so apprendre anglais, and so on and so on, and so on and so forth. So, we were one of the few blogs talking about talking about that, yeah. and you know, and then all the strategy that you have. Giving a lot of value, and then you you try to uh, also to 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 say and to advertise a little bit what you do. So okay, well, these are our free trips. But if you want, we also have an app, and yeah. then around the app, we also built other products. And uh, yeah, so it was a, for a lot of time organic growth. We. As we are really uh, ROI-oriented, uh, 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 so return yeah. on investment-oriented, yeah. we 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 never spent a lot of uh, a lot of money in advertising. It was also, you know, always the growth hacking approach. Yeah. Like, let's test, yeah. let's see, you know, for a couple of months if it's worth it with uh, a small amount of money. And uh, and then you know try let's try to to scale uh, and see if uh, if it works uh, and uh, yeah pretty soon we realized that you know when we started to advertise a little bit uh, the um, the price beats and you know the cost of advertising wo was already raising a lot yeah. uh, raising up a lot and uh, uh, so 
even even today we have um, a big share of what we do uh, so uh, our main marketing channel is always organic growth so yeah. but you know actually we 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 can think that you know you have a blog it's organic growth or you have a youtube channel it's we can think that you know it's organic and you're not spending any money but it's not true so it's it's just that we we decided to use the money in a, in another way yeah. but actually it costs money you know to yeah. well you know uh, you know that and uh, you know when you create the blog the content consistently yeah, it, it either it either costs time or money, right? You, there's always an investment that you make. I mean, even yeah. if you say organic growth is is somehow also organic traffic is somehow also paid traffic because you need to hire people to create all the content. Um, if you do it yourself, it's going to cost time. So yeah, I guess there is always a price, right? Yeah, sure. So um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a way that. Uh, Actually, we really like this way because it's not like, uh, you know, advertising is very good because if you, if you, especially if you suggest, if you are selling something useful, like in our case, but I prefer the approach where like you're, you're pulling people. And so people discover you because you're creating value and you're putting value on the, on the, on the web. So it's uh, their initiative. And then, you know, um, compared to like pushing a little bit and, and trying to trying to find people on Facebook, on YouTube, and so on. Yeah, it's more sustainable as well, right? If you have people who come to your website or who just download your app, your your app because they're genuinely interested, it's just um, much more sustainable. Also, a better business to have in in the long run. Um, Sure. How, how long did it take? Did it take for Mozilla to become profitable? Were you guys profitable from the beginning, or did starting the company or the development of the app did that require an investment at all? Well, I think uh, after after a couple of years, uh, we were able to to pay ourselves and uh, you know some uh, freelancers, not doing a lot of uh, of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, actually, company as we can say that uh, it has, it has always been profitable because we 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 had this approach where we were never spending we were spending time but not uh, money you know yeah. so like we were uh, the the company is uh, really like bootstrapped so yeah. we were all the time earning some some money we were trying to pay ourselves and uh, you know we started with the very low low salaries and then uh, little by little we 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 were reinvesting the money and uh, um, uh, little by little we started to you know to 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 build a team um, a network of trusted freelancers and so on and uh, so um, I think it was lo- also a very good time to market because uh, the fact of having a product which was selling quite well from the very beginning is something I don't want to say that is very rare, but you know it's not something so common. Yeah. Do you think that you could have grown faster with venture capital, for example, and uh, or not? I think so. I think that you know not at the very beginning, 
because I also think that there were there were some skepticism around uh, apps uh, in the very first years. But you know, after three four years, it was clear that you know mobile apps were the future, and that you know also language learning was shifting towards the app store and the mobile apps and everything is mobile learning would have become something really really big uh i think that maybe after five six years yeah we could have uh we could have done that and actually we we thought a lot about it we thought a lot about it but you know the decision was you know you had this um the, it was really a turning point. So uh, the, the the question was um, either we raise some money and we become really big, so we start to compete with the uh, you know the com- the companies uh, which arrived with a lot of funds, a lot of money. Yeah. But we uh, in this case we have to sacrifice our lives and we we really need to work more than we worked because already the f- the first 4 5 years were really intense in terms of uh, workload you know with the weekends and a lot of hours that, that we put and you know it was also um, yeah it's a, it's always when, when you work a lot for something that that you like it's uh, yeah. it's something really nice but uh, at some point, you 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 really need to think. Okay, so should I do that for you know for the next five years, ten years, fifteen? Years? It's not sustainable in the long run, I think. Yeah. So we actually we decided to have a more balanced life to have to continue with our organic growth, even yeah. you know even if some you know some people around us and other entrepreneurs were saying oh you, ha- you really have to raise money you are going to die because you know all the com- all the big companies are coming and so on but you know we were we already had a good position on the market and we we really believe that there is another way um of uh, growing a company, mm-hmm. also because you know th- you have two models in uh, when uh, when you when you create a startup and when you are an entrepreneur, you you have those who are creating a company because uh, you know they really like the glory, they really like you know media talking about them. Uh, okay, he's the founder of this big company, he created that and so on, which is something with, uh, that I, I admire, eh? something nice, because when you create something big, you, you're you proud of it, you know, you're also creating uh, um, employment, and so it's something really, really, really nice. But, you know, uh, those people at some point, they had to, to really accept a lot of compromises, and they had to accept, uh, they, they have to accept that, you know, um, uh, work really comes at the very first place that they had to sacrifice everything for that, and uh, uh, and you know uh, the, uh, that maybe you know this is the first the, their first goal is to grow something big, hmm. and uh, it, it was not really you know our um, our first motivation because when we started it was more about being independent being autonomous creating something that uh, that we like that yeah uh, that we enjoy so um, it was more like building a more tailored life something that we a life that we really like and we know that uh, fundraising 
was saying, okay, uh, 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 until until uh, this moment, it's okay. So we created the life that we we wanted, but now we have to to say goodbye to this life and change because we are raising money. So we will have investors saying what we have to do, and also we will have to to earn money. Uh, um, like uh, it's it will be really our first goal to 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 earn a lot of money because we have investors and we yeah. are investing a lot of money so it's really another lifestyle and yeah so you you basically chose for a better work work life balance there yeah a better work balance and uh, I, I have to say i don't regret because well the company is doing very well we didn't we didn't suffer a lot even when the uh, other big companies arrived and uh, and actually I think and uh, we have a lot of feedbacks about that that you know we are not too pushy when we try to sell mm -hmm. uh, that people really feel the passion that we have for languages because yeah. we are you know we I think that of course you know when you have a company you you need to to balance costs and uh, earnings you really need to be careful about that and we have always been very careful about that but uh, i really like the fact that now we can also say okay uh should we create that is this really useful or we're creating that only because we will earn money and it's something mm -hmm. nice from the marketing point of view that's yeah. why you know so sometimes we we decided to not put some features in the app because we said uh, for the process so to learn a language we don't think it's so useful mm -hmm. so let's not do it we can do that we can do something more useful even if you know we we knew that that feature would be really marketable and easy to uh, you know, to, to market and also to, to draw some attention from media and so on. Yeah. So you're, to sum up, I think you are, uh, of course, it's a risk even when you, it's a risk when you raise money, it's a risk when you don't raise money. But uh, the price and uh, the thing the thing that we earn is uh, our freedom. Yeah. We are more, yeah, today I think we have freedom. Freedom and you can be creative, right? You, you can really create a business and a product that, you know, you want to use yourself as a as a language learner. Yeah, sure, sure. So, and uh, I think that having this vision of uh, someone who learned language in the first place, so someone who learns and it's uh, uh, a language learner before being, you know, a language expert, because after many years you... You study a lot about how to learn language efficiently, so you you really understand all the all the things you need to learn to learn language. But having this vision is really useful because you never uh, you never lose sight of what are the needs of a person uh, learning learning a language. And I also like you know for time to time to learn new languages because this but sometimes we can forget you know we can forget. For example, now if it's true that uh, if I speak with someone learning French or English and uh, who is struggling, I could have the, um, uh, the impression that it's not so hard because, you know, I, uh, at the end of the day, I succeeded. And But when you, from time to time, you start a new language, you you put yourself in the shoes of a beginner and you you remember that it's scary that you doubt a lot of course you have your background because you you know that uh, you can succeed so you have an advantage compared to, to them but 
I think it's very important to put yourself in the position yeah. of someone learning languages. And that's why when we hire language tutors or language uh, teachers, we one of the like um, the things that we really want in the in the job uh, that we put in the job description is being a language learner so you know that you can find a lot of uh, english speakers who never learned a foreign language because yeah. they are lucky they they speak the language spoken all um, all around <laughs> the world but i think it's very important to at least to for a person to try once to, to be in the shoes of a, of a language learner. So I really like when I, I meet language tutors or language teachers who um, had tried to learn French or Spanish or, I don't know, I don't know Chinese, Japanese. And uh, I think it's something really valuable. Yeah. All right. And um, so you really managed to to grow by almost by staying small um i just went to your just before this interview i had a look at your website and looked at i saw that you guys have more than 10 million users is that is that is that correct yeah sure sure uh, 11 now we have to update the website <laughs> yeah. so, 11 million users from all over the world so like do you get most traffic from organic search nowadays or uh, I mean, is it still from is it still from the app store or or the uh, the blog that you have? So I think um, first place it's uh, app store. So the, the most important source for uh, it, it's still the the app store, and then the second one is uh, the blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, you know we have a lot of visits so it's a 10-year investment in terms of content so now we have a really so we at some point we reached 1 million visitors per month oh really that's a lot I didn't yeah, know that. Well. That, yeah uh, that's a lot uh, and then but you know i think these are really the two key channels that we have and then um, you know, we have social media and especially YouTube because invest- we invested a lot on YouTube. We we decided to like to focus on one big social media, yeah. uh, and and then the other things. But it's really, well, I would say it's marginal. So Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. Yeah. yeah. How difficult is it to run paid ads in in our industry? In your opinion, paid apps. Uh, paid yeah advertisements ads ah paid advertisement yeah it's uh it's quite hard well it really depends on the product because you know now we are we we have been trying uh, uh, ads so paid advertisement in the store mm-hmm. uh, and depending on the market it's uh, the problem is uh, is that it's really um, costly so it's very expensive so you need to have a very so it, it works like that. So you pay people to download your free app. So basically, yeah. uh, so you, and you know that will you will convert a very small percentage of all these people. So the key is to like align all the KPIs and be able to convert. Well, a small part, but you try to convert uh, a good amount of people to justify to justify the investment that you have because actually you're paying to. To, to download a free app uh, and many people can use the, the app for free for for uh, for a limited time or even uh, you know um, just just do that so 
apps, but app store marketing in general is really hard. So you know that I have a web marketing background, so I had to specialize in app marketing. At the beginning, it was quite hard because you know you have new codes. It's uh, it's a little bit different. You don't do the same actions, and uh, also advertising is is really expensive. Then for other products, uh, it it really depends. I think that you really need to have a good uh, good strategy. Um, of course, conversion is uh, is the, the key, uh, but I don't think it's hard because uh, we have we are lucky because we at the end of the day we are selling and we are creating something which is very valuable, which is very useful. People need to learn languages, mm-hmm. so it's not like you're you know you're putting an advertisement on Facebook because you want to sell. Uh, uh, I don't know a product to to clean your shoes. Uh, well, of course you need that, but it's, it's not it's not something that very very valuable in the mind of uh, of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have this advantage. the 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 downside is that uh, the costs are really running up, and that all of those platforms, which are at the beginning, were um, were trying to attract people because you know you had this network effect, and so Facebook needed people, Twitter needed people, and so on. Uh, so at the beginning, you know, it was very easy to advertise for. Uh, you know, the investment was very limited, or it was zero because with some organic. Uh, you know, you were posting content and it was working. Now it's really, you know, everything is paid. Instagram, you know, now you have to pay. And uh, but what what I like is as you have uh, new platforms, and uh, and uh, there there are always new opportunities. You know, and I think that even uh, solo teachers or uh, solo entrepreneurs and they start. They had the advantage that, for, for let's say, some someone who started last year. So last year there was, you know, the lockdown, all this uh, crazy stuff, yeah. and then you know you had TikTok and you had uh, all the possibilities offered by WhatsApp, WhatsApp business. You know, something really, really new. So if you are creative and if you are, uh, if you are able to to be. To, to go like to be very quick and to to understand a platform even before you know a, a company well we are not very big but of course we, as we already have a lot of uh, channels mm-hmm. we know that we have to compare every time we we start a new channel a new social media we need it's also an opportunity cost but but for someone starting yeah. uh, you have those possibilities where you can get really creative and uh, yeah start start with that and you can get some traction at the, at the beginning. Yeah. So, well, to sum up, I think it's uh, uh, it's costly, but it's not the hardest thing to advertise uh, language learning, language learning products and uh, apps. Yeah. So, so what do you do when a new platform pops up, like like TikTok? Do you go and experiment with it, or do you just double down on the platforms that you know that are working? Like, how do you balance working on what works and 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 trying out new new things? So at the very beginning, I was trying everything. So it was during the first five years. So every time there was something new, I was trying and, you know, with the growth hacking approach. So like, let's test for three, four months and then we, we, we see. But I think that in, as we chose to be, to keeping the team small and to keep the company small, at some point, we we realized that that even trying sometimes it's uh, it's time consuming, and you have 
what they call opportunity costs. Yeah. So, you know, if you're spending, if you're spending, I don't know, a couple of months or even 10 hours per week, um, like testing TikTok, trying to understand how it works and, uh, you know, tr- posting the first content and so on. So it's uh, okay. It not costs a lot of money. So you, you can get some sales and, and so on, but you're like sacrifice. It's it's a kind of sacrifice, and uh, for other things, so like you're choosing to to spend time on that, and not on other things that you already know. And uh, you know, when you have an history of uh, I don't know six, seven, eight years, you accumulate a lot of ideas and projects that you want to implement, mm. uh, and you well sometimes it's frustrating. It's frustrating because you sometimes you say, oh, it's a very brilliant idea, but I don't have the time to implement it. Yeah. Uh, so what we do actually, we okay, we we say we need to wait a couple of uh, a couple of weeks or even a couple of months. To you know, we we read a lot about the platform. We see people uh, testing and and so on, and then we compare what uh, what we could do on those platforms, what we could get. Of yeah. course, it, it's a guess yeah. with other ideas which are there, but maybe they are less fashionable. They yeah. are less, you know. Uh, of course, when something new uh, is new, you are enthusiast about that. So you see, oh, everyone is on TikTok. We have to be there, and so on. So actually, for TikTok, we decided that uh, it's uh, it was not it was not something we we wanted to do because we we had other projects more interesting interesting in yeah. terms of value for the users, which is is one of our also our value. So we need, we want to create value for for our users yeah. and at the same point we also want something which is rewarding in in terms of uh, the investment of our time yeah. can, can you give me an example or maybe a few examples of things that you didn't decide to do like tato- uh, sorry like tiktok and maybe a few other examples of things that you actually spent your time on instead Okay, so uh, TikTok, we decided, and also, you know, um, well, actually, I, I've been following a lot uh, the possibilities offered by WhatsApp Business because I think it's really cool. Cool, it's a, it's a, it's a new channel. It's a very intimate channel to you can communicate with your users, create groups, and so on. But I, I waited a little bit because I, you know. I know that at some point the freedom that you have on the, on those platforms at the very beginnings um, is not like something sustainable. So at the beginning, you know, they they really want to get a lot of people on board. Uh, you're really free. They don't have the time to make a lot of rules. Then when they see that companies are also, you know, um, content creators are starting are starting to use them to to attract an audience and to try to monetize, you, you know, you have rules, you have, uh, uh, you have a lot of limitations because yeah. they want to sell advertising and so on. So I also become very, um, I think, I, I mean, I, I doubt a lot and I think it's the right approach. And I, I ask myself a lot of questions. And so that's why for, for now I'm waiting because I have more interesting project uh, to uh, add other channels that we need to exploit and we want to be really 
the best on some channels. So uh, that's why we decided that. Something that we did, for example, is last year we decided to create uh, a bot, so yeah. a Facebook bot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it was it was a good experience because I think that also from time to time you have to challenge yourself, you have to try new ways. But this confirmed me that uh, you know, we started at the right time when uh, there, it was really easy to contact people. There were not a lot of rules. Uh, and then, you know, it will, it becomes stricter and stricter. And now it's really hard. You know, you, you need to have the permission of the person. You need to interact very regularly with the person. So you come, you, you reach, you reach a point where it's, you invested a lot to understand a platform uh, to to create like something. So you know we have like a bot and uh, it's like an English test, a test to learn uh, to to assess your level of English. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it took us a lot to develop because at some uh, at the same time we always want to create something valuable for it. It's not a matter of just advertising our product. Just it's a matter of getting to present what we do, but also offer uh, offer. Uh, something valuable, even to do those people who are not buying and we, will never buy because we, we know it's a part of the game. It's a rule of the, of the game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so Facebook bot is something we tried. I, I, cannot, I cannot say it was that I regret, but because it's always useful, but it confirmed me that, you know, other channels and the channels where we are strong for now are more you know they keep their value and they are more promising in the short uh, in the short run yeah medium run maybe so so how much percentage what, what is the percentage of of time and energy of or time and money that you spend on new experiments on like new platforms for example you talking about 20% 40 uh, of the time you, uh, you so it's yeah, of the think, resources. Yeah. Like, how much, how much attention or, or time or money do you yeah, spend? Yeah, 20 percent of the time and the more on the annual budget that we have. Yeah, and if you decide to go for or to try to experiment with a with a new platform, for how long will you give it a try? Is there is there a limit? Like you say, you you try it after one year, it's still not profitable. Then you stop, or you stop after three months, or does it depend on the platform? It depends a little bit, but I think that after six months, we we already um, we already try to to understand how things are going, and then after a, after a year, you can have a pretty clear idea yeah. uh, if it's promising at least, because well, uh, in the first year maybe it's not profitable or maybe you are not getting the the results you want, but you can already you can already understand and figure out if it's the right way and if you want to continue. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, what does the company look like nowadays? How, how big is the team? So we are almost 30. So Almost 30, 20, really? 28, yeah, 28. So what does, what does everybody do? <laughs> yeah, so we... So basically, we have three uh, like departments. Let's call it like like that. Yeah. Uh, so you have the technical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the technical th- team, uh, the marketing team, and the content team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for us, it's very important to have a technical team because uh, you know when you create 
um, online trainings or courses. Um, uh, well, of course, you need some technical uh, technical position in your team. So like uh, all these kind of people. But apps are a really complex product. You your things are changing all the time. You need to update the app constantly because Google and Apple are changing things and so on. So uh, mobile developers are really an important resource for uh, for us. Yeah. Uh, then you have the content team. So uh, in the content team, we have teachers, uh, polyglots, and uh, because we are, we really like the, the, to have like polyglots and language learners. So yeah. Uh, we are quite open. You don't need to have like a degree uh, in, uh, I don't know, in languages or, or something similar. But if you have a good experience in learning and teaching English or other languages, it's something very valuable to us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we create a lot of content. We create content for the blog and uh, for our products. And then you have the marketing team. And uh, for every... Well, it's not every country, it's more every language area we have a person. So right now we have six main language areas. Uh, so like English-speaking countries, for pe- so people spe- speaking Spanish, Italian, French, and German, mm-hmm. and Portuguese, uh, and Portuguese. So uh, every person uh, like is like a country manager managing uh, everything from, you know, from the blog to... Oh, really? the app marketing uh, um, and the beginning customer service. But as soon as the market grows, we also have a a little customer service team. So actually we have four divisions. So you also have the customer service team. Mm. How many countries are you covering? Or I mean, how many in how many languages is the app available? The app is in six languages, six, six languages. So uh, as I was saying, it's uh, a... um, French, English, German, Portuguese, Italian, and you have people who manage the content for those for all those languages. Yeah, yeah, that's wow. why the content team is pretty big. Yeah, uh, because we have to to manage that, and uh, yeah, so it's true that with those languages, because you also you also have Spanish. I forgot about Spanish, but we are covering a lot, a lot of countries. Yeah. And you have separate websites for all the different markets? Uh, it's always, you know, mozalingua.com, but then you have a declination like with uh, slash ET, slash ES, and uh, so on. Yeah. Okay, I have another, I have another question. Um, you just mentioned that, you know, you had a few months where you got almost a million visitors on the website. Um, you are selling an app. Which is not too expensive, right? I'm not sure. I think you charge like how much do you charge? Like six dollars per month or something? It's uh, so if you subscribe monthly, it's uh, like ten euros per month. Yeah. But then it's very cheap if you if you choose to to have the yearly subscription. So the annual subscription is like sixty euros. Uh, well, uh, fifty nine. So it's uh, five euros per month. Yeah, so five euros per month or, I mean, you have all this traffic. You could also say, you know what, I'm going to stop with this app because the app is very, it's difficult to maintain. It's expensive. It needs to, you know, you need to make updates all the time. Uh, why not just sell digital courses for, I don't know, two, three hundred euros? What's your, what's your take on that? Yeah, so, well, you know, the app is an asset that we have. People like it, and uh, you know, with uh, with the subscription is also 
you I think that you know with the, the uh, thing that I like about language learning that you have several um, paths so you have yeah. several ways to learn a language efficiently so I was saying that for example I really think that our method is uh, is efficient it works I'm, I'm sure about that but I'm, I I don't have the this idea that we are the unique way of learning a language or we are the unique app unique app that works mm-hmm. I think that you have several ways uh, and uh, and that you have different kind of uh, language learners. So uh, having an app and having also digital products, because mm-hmm. we have that like all, uh, online uh, courses and products, um, is a way of um, reaching more more people. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the the um, the very good thing about apps is that you have. Um, it's like a barrier, you know, you have a natural barrier. So I think that today is very, very easy to create a language course. So you have all these platforms like Teachable, like Podia. Uh, it's really, and also, you know, you, you can create a website very, very easy word, with WordPress or even with, uh, you know, the the solutions that I mentioned. You can really create a website without coding or without knowing anything about that. It's really, really easy. So, but the fact that it's easy, it's actually a problem in terms of competition because uh, yeah. as everyone can create those courses, you you end up with a lot, a lot of competition, which is which in my opinion is not a big issue for language learning because you have it's a huge market. You have so many people in the world willing to learn a language that I'm, I, I will have been never worried about that, you know, about mm-hmm. competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other side, you know, as app apps are really hard to build and to maintain, and that and uh, the fact that mobile developers are really, really expensive, uh, this can, uh, you know, give uh, can give us an advantage because as we already have the app, as, yeah, yeah, as yeah. we are spending that money, there is a barrier and we know that not all the people can create apps mm. and also all those apps, you know, popping up uh, every day because every every day you have a new app and so on. We know that some of them will not be sustainable in the long run yeah. uh, because uh, it's hard. Now it's harder and harder. Uh, so, you know, it's like, and like that we can have Language learners willing to uh, use new technologies, uh, learning on the go using smartphones. But we also have other people, maybe more elderly people, who yeah. for for th- for those it was already very hard to switch from textbooks and CDs to online uh, <laughs> online courses. So we know that we can we can reach uh, reach both. So that's why we are keeping uh, we are keeping both yeah. and. Uh, it's uh, well. The um, the trend is to be more and more mobile oriented, and uh, mobile learning is. Low. I don't think. I think that w- they will coexist. And actually, I know that, uh, like me, we we go to uh, polyglot gatherings, and we we meet a lot of people learning languages. And uh, sometimes it's really surprising. Um, when you when you meet people like learning a lot of languages, but they are using very old methods like yeah. uh, CDs, textbooks, and so on, and it, it's absolutely fine because I think we are all different. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if you like a book, if you like paper, so I really like books, for example, but I'm not using them to to learn languages. Mm-hmm. I, I stopped with that, but I really 
well, I, I'm fine if, if you prefer that. And I think we need to respect that. And uh, uh, yeah, it's really cool to have those differences. And uh, so that's why we, we, want to, we want to be open to different uh, kind of, uh, of learners. But it's also related to the stage where we are. You know, we already have a pretty strong position. We already yeah. have an audience. We know uh, what that audience wants. So we have the... A part of the audience who is, uh, who is pretty, young, um, pretty young, sorry, uh, another part uh, with more, a more traditional approach. So it would be a shame for us to, to give up on something. Yeah. But for someone starting yeah. at the very beginning, I think it's wiser to make a choice. So say, wh wh uh, who is my ideal language learner, uh, ideal target with my marketing persona and, and to build everything around that because yeah. it will be more efficient for sure. Yeah. And would you say that younger people are more likely to use apps? Than, than yeah, you? yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, I, we we can say, for example, to 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 give you to give you an example, uh, at some point we you know we had the app, we were pretty pretty happy about that, and it was working very well, but you know uh, we some of our users were saying, okay, the app is really cool, so I can use it wherever I want, but. Um, uh, it's it's a shame that when I go when I go home I cannot review my flashcards I cannot study uh, on a bigger screen like my computer and so on so and that there were so the, the, we got a lot of requests like that so we uh, we decided to create a uh, like a user survey and we discovered that uh, we so like the audience was split uh, between you know like people having. I don't know people who who are because they're still they're still relevant. So like 24, 25, 30 years old, like, let's say, and they are using a lot of apps and they really like these uh, on the go learning. So they are learning. They are like using the downtime to learn and so on. And then you have another category. Uh, so like uh, um, People who ha ha have ju have just retired, uh, 60 years old, like the seniors, mm -hmm. and they 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 well, some of them are okay with apps, but you know, not not all of them. So they they prefer to have a computer to study. Yeah, I I would say that I mean in in my experience, I mean I also run a language boost, for example, I see that oftentimes that the older people are more likely to buy. And sometimes I think it's also because they have more money. Like we get a lot of emails from people from all over the world who say, hey, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm Jean. I'm 17 years old from Brazil. I can't afford your course. Can I get a discount? Do you, do you, do you, can you relate to that? Is that? Do you think that older people are more willing to spend money on, on a good course? Yeah, for sure. Because we at some point we tried, you know, to attract uh, also uh, a younger audience because we realized that uh, we we didn't have a lot of people like studying at university. Like uh, the um, uh, age range, uh, eighteen twenty-five. Yeah. Uh, and we tried a little bit, but we soon realized that, um, well, as a matter of fact, uh, they were less willing to spend money, yeah. and it's true that. Um, yeah, the best best customers, uh, yeah, are the more elderly people because they have two 
um, two resources which are very important: time and money. Yeah. That they have more money, and also, well, this sometimes we don't think about it, but they, they have time, which is uh, you know the one of the most important resources to learn something and to learn languages. Yeah. So that sounds like it's quite, kind of um, quite a hard demographic then the the younger people because they they like apps apps are expensive to build and they don't want to spend they don't want to spend the money. <laughs> yeah, sure, but of course, well, I think uh, you you also have all the people in between, yeah. so like thirties uh, years old, thirty five years old, forty years old, and then this generation is more likely to use uh, mobile apps mm. or to use mobile apps and other tools. Yeah. All right. Luca, is there a final piece of advice that you want to share with our audience? Maybe the biggest lesson that you have learned over the last 11 years or a piece of advice that you want to give to somebody who, um, who just got started in the world of langpreneurship, as we call it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what I, what, what, uh, what I really realized that you need to be very passionate with uh, all these kind of things, especially if you, if you choose to to have an organic growth and i think it's the more sustainable one because i think it, advertising is really important at the very beginning to get some traction but when you're small and you uh, when you're small and you're starting uh, you can try that but also you need to build something which is sustainable and uh, the problem is that um, you can get really discouraged because the first six 12 even 18 months Uh, you really struggle because you're, you know, you're putting a lot of efforts maybe for, you know, to create a good blog, blog posts or maybe I know a lot of people uh, investing in YouTube videos, uh, especially, you know, content creators. And I know that uh, at the beginning, so I, I, I talk with them a lot and uh, uh, I, I like to follow the journey of some of them. And sometimes I really, I bet on the fact that they will be very successful and so on. And so, something which I learned is that with, with, when you create quality content, when you bet on quality and you're so passionate to wait for the results, you don't expect immediate results, then Well, it will be after six months, one year, maybe two years, but the results will come. So it's only a matter of uh, of time, of putting the needed energy and investments, uh, in, especially in terms of uh, of time, and the results will come. So, uh, so you need to be patient. You need to be patient and also to you know, to create good do good stuff, good content, maybe content that you 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 would enjoy you would enjoy and maybe also when you create products a product that you you would buy so i i, I would i'd never create like a course or a product that i as a language learner uh, i wouldn't buy so uh, it's something also you know this capacity of putting yourself on the on the shoes of the customer uh, and uh, yeah and to give value no matter what All right. Luca, if people want to learn more about you and about Mosalingua, then where can they go? So I think a good starting point is uh, our website, so mosalingua.com. And, uh, you know, there you have, for example, uh, the contact form. Uh, they can also find me on uh, on uh, LinkedIn. I know that my name is not very easy to, to find. So Luca Sadurni. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, I think that 
the the blog mozalingua.com and also the channel so we have the same the youtube channel sorry uh it's an area we we try to answer to all the comments that we get so if they want to keep in touch with us with a uh, pleasure and on the blog they can also see uh, you know all the articles all the resources that we create to help people learn languages so it will be my pleasure if they want to to keep in touch to, to get in touch with us all right thanks for listening to this episode and if you like this episode then please give this podcast a positive review in the app wherever whatever app that you're using that's going to help us grow the podcast and do more awesome things for you on the show if you want to listen to other episodes resources and um, you know maybe join one of our future events then go to langpreneur.com we also do help some of the biggest names in our industry to scale their six and seven figure businesses so if you want us to help you out with that then just uh, go to the website or just send me a DM on Instagram at The Langpreneur. Look forward to hearing from you and see you on the next episode.